We are live with Coaching with a Purpose with AVP Pro Jeff Samuels. Uh, Mr. Samuels, thank you for, for coming on. Um, I know you've been traveling all uh, throughout today and extremely busy, like everybody else, trying to compete yeah. and get everything done. So so say thank you for coming on and uh, giving you your time. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. I'm always uh, I'm always stoked to get opportunities like this. So, yeah, so, thank you. Um, I know doing my research um, about you, you transitioned from lacrosse all the way to the AVP. And I've, I've read different transitions with sports from, you know, maybe, I don't know, soccer to basketball, things like that. But to have more of an untraditional transition, I guess we'll say, um, kind of explain how you went through that. Uh, yeah. So I'm originally from Michigan. So we play a lot of, I played a lot of hockey growing up, um, like a ton of it at a pretty competitive level, decided to play lacrosse in college. Um, and when I was in college, uh, a buddy of mine who was on my lacrosse team from Canada was like, Hey, you gotta come, come to the rec and play some volleyball with us. So I was like, no, I don't really get down with volleyball. Like I'll go watch girls play or whatever as a girl sport. So uh, I don't really want to play. Um, but he got me to go out there once. And uh, from the moment I started playing, I absolutely loved it. And uh, I actually gave up my lacrosse scholarship to play club volleyball at a different school. So um, I would say it was a bold move at the time, but uh, probably one of the better decisions I've made. I, I like uh, lacrosse is great. Don't get me wrong, but uh I feel like uh, as far as longevity goes, being able to be around the sport and in the sport for a long time, um, it was a better better decision for me. Um, but uh, I kind of just started out by playing in rec leagues and tricking people into coming to train with me. I mean, from the moment I really kind of got going, I knew that I would want to play volleyball for, for a long time. So... I mean, from the start, in my mind, I was, you know, a professional player. You know, I, 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 I went about my day-to-day -day, uh, volleyball as like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm pro. I'm going to be playing in AVP someday. And that was just like, I don't know, that was just my mindset, even though I knew, you know, there was a lot of work to be done. But, yeah, uh, started out pretty much playing like beach fours at bars. And then so I started getting a little better. There wasn't the competition I needed to get better, so we, I'd play the girl and play two on four and just try to uh, basically get as good as I could. So, like with playing, I mean, like like you were doing playing a collegiate sport, was it just easier to transition to another challenging sport with that mindset and with that work ethic? Especially yeah, being you a know beginner. What? Yeah, I, I've been around sports pretty much. It's been my life. Uh, it's been you know my my main goal and focus in life was to play a professional sport. I, I just love competing. I love, uh, I love every aspect of, of being a competitor. Um, and I just felt like, you know, I could play this volleyball thing for a long time. I mean, lacrosse is pretty brutal. I was a midfielder. So, you know, a smaller guy getting chased around by these big monsters is, uh, it, it was pretty, it was pretty rough at times. Um, and so I just kind of figured, I could play this sport a lot longer than I would be able to play lacrosse. So, 
Because I know I've, I've talked to um, a couple other guys that have played um, professionally and semi-pro and stuff with sand, and um, they switch from indoor to sand mainly mm-hmm. because of that, just because of the damage on the body is so much so much less, and they yeah. can actually enjoy it rather than making it, I guess, more of a, a job, kind of. Yeah. I mean, I've I've followed you guys where, you know, like like you Taylor Crab. Um, Nick, I mean, all those guys that are playing every weekend, it looks like, like how, how did you think your life was going to change? Like so drastically where you, you get to go to all these places and just enjoy your life. Yeah. You know, when I first started, I didn't even really know what the, what the AVP was really. I think I had an idea, but, um, when I finally got to watch, uh, actually one of my buddies uh, took me around to this community in Michigan, a small community who guys who played beach doubles and I had never played doubles before. And one of the guys gave me a DVD and he was like, Hey, watch this when you get home. It was a video of, uh, it was like Manhattan or Hermosa and it was uh, Phil and Todd versus someone. And then I remember it was actually uh, triple J Jenny, uh, Jenny Johnson, Jordan, um, and to see a female black volleyball player out there and just that kind of inspired me and wanted me to get into it a little bit more and watching Phil and those guys and actually um, just catching that vibe, that beach volleyball vibe and what the atmosphere was like and how intimate it was with um, all the people being so close to the court and just, you know, being out on the beach really, really turned me on. So um right then it was like all right I think I think this is this is where I want to be um it it definitely beats the sweaty lacrosse equipment and uh, that sort of stuff so um, right then I was like hockey too I can imagine trying to basically go through that beating on a daily basis yeah it was a grind it was a grind too I mean just I mean stuff people don't think about putting the equipment on and you know, in hockey, I was a goalie, so it wasn't quite as physical, but lacrosse was a pretty high impact sport for me. And then um, I played a little bit of indoor, but it seemed like it was pretty high impact as far as the for the body goes. And then beach was like, all right, well, this is kind of my fit. I like the atmosphere, not too not too much of a hostile environment. It's it's kind of like, you know, wait, I can I can jump up here and spike this ball and nobody can check me or knock me down or any of that sort of stuff. So, I mean, and, and there definitely is a, a a fun aspect to the atmosphere of beach volleyball. Uh-huh. So when I, when I kind of figured out what that was, I mean, I was, I was ready to go. And then, you know, my friends were like, what are you, what are you going to do? What you're going to, you're going to, you're already like, I could go play pro lacrosse, lacrosse. Right. And they're like, what are you, you're going to go play volleyball now? Like this doesn't really make much sense, but I had a pretty good gut feeling that, um, that is, it's where I should be and what I wanted to do. So would you ever consider going back into uh, the um, MLL? Uh, if I was going to do anything differently, um, I would probably play hockey. Okay. Yeah, I, mi- I miss it. Um, I think about it all the time. It's weird. You know, like I even was just telling someone, like, I, I never have dreams about playing volleyball. I only ever have dreams of playing hockey it's really weird it it was like my childhood like first love is a sport Uh, i've been playing it since i could walk so um if i was going to do anything i think about actually you know 
strapping up the goalie pads and getting back out there. But um, yeah, uh, volleyball is it for me, man. I, I I would love to if there was a way I could, you know, enough time in the day to do both. Uh, that would be nice. But yeah, I, I don't see myself ever ever making a transition back to about any of the other sports. I'm a, I am an avid disc golfer though. That's uh, something Frisbee I want to get into, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. We've got tons of courses here in Myrtle Beach. Yeah, that's the one. I, thing. I mean, I could see myself like trying to make a go at that. Um, I actually saw when, there's uh, when volleyball. Um, there was one guy he got paid a was it, a million dollar contract recently. For yeah, that. my buddy actually, Paul Macbeth. Yep. Yeah, uh, he he signed a million dollar contract with Discraft. Discraft, mm-hmm. and I mean, to be honest with you, compared to volleyball, I mean, these guys, the top guys, are averaging somewhere around a hundred thousand to 250,000, not including sponsorships. And like I said, that guy just signed a million dollar contract with, I mean, not even a major company per se. It's a a discraft is that they just, they make Frisbees, you know? So it's just kind of fascinating and uh, it's become a little bit more mainstream. It's a really fast growing sport. They're on ESPN and all sorts of stuff. So I, I play a lot um, as much as I can outside of volleyball. It's kind of something that won't put too much on the body. It's kind of like, you know, golfing, regular golf or something that's not too, too strenuous. You just kind of go out and relax and, yeah. you know, hang out with your friends on the, in the woods, basically on the, on the course. So, yeah. yeah. And that's actually, I think that's where I first saw you too, was here in Myrtle beach um, during the Myrtle beach open. Um, yeah. Just this fast. Yeah. 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 And that was, um, like I was playing like one of the lower um, tournaments. I think it was a double B or A, and you know me and my partner were like, uh, like we're not gonna watch any of this. Let's just go, just go watch open. And like it was just cool just to see. Like I think that's the amazing part about beach is it's because of the damage that you don't take. You see a lot more. We're not gonna say like these giants. These guys will say regular builds who can just fly. Yeah, and they can just like tear apart the court, and there's like almost no repercussion for the body. You can you can do so much more. Yeah, you know the only real issue with beach volleyball, as far as wear and tear, is it's just uh, the repetitive motion type injury type stuff, which is like a dull, nagging pain. But you don't ever really get like the, you know, the the stuff you'll get in even basketball or football, where you're breaking bones or tearing things. You rarely ever see people really get injured too bad, which helps us, uh, helps us stay in the game for, for a pretty long time. And another thing about volleyball is it's a pretty healthy lifestyle. The community is pretty healthy. You know, most of us eat pretty well and take care of our bodies already. It's kind of, we're kind of already on that beach lifestyle, you know? So, um, there's a lot of guys who are, you know, peaking in their late Mm thirties, you know, early forties, guys like Ed Ratledge, who he was always a good player, you know, but then, creeping up into 40, started doing a lot better and won his first AVP. And, you know, now he's still pumping at, you know, in, in his 40s. Same with Karch, played for a long time. Phil and Nick are both getting up there in age and Rosie and these guys. And, I mean, Rosie's – I saw – I watched Rosenthal play. They just had a little tournament out there. And, you know, he's 40 and just had shoulder surgery but still gets out there and, and plays and can play with the best of them and – yeah, it's actually pretty 
pretty amazing what uh what the body can do especially in a sport where you're not getting beat up all the time so i didn't start till i was 23 i think 22 or so i'm 34 now and i feel like i still have a lot more volleyball left in me um and and, and coming in late i'm a little bit of a late bloomer as far as everything in the x's and o's or court awareness and and that sort of stuff i've always been athletically inclined but i feel like i'm hitting my peak mentally right now on the court and uh it's kind of starting to starting to really show out there i'm uh, having a pretty good even though we didn't have an official official season it's been uh it's been going pretty well recently so well that's good to hear man because i know with like with covid and everything it's like put a strain on a lot of stuff and um i know even with with beach tournament stuff there's tons of travel you know, and you gotta, it's, I, I don't know, at least from, from what I've seen, and you'll be able to speak on this, there's a lot more, uh, strain, strain on teams to win and to maintain that scene, like maintain the image to stay on the tour. Like, what's it like to have to travel over and over and over and go to different places and then place in certain, you know, certain levels? Yeah. Um, you know, when I started out and I get people who are just kind of making their way up into the scene right now and have some potential and, you know, I'll talk to them and they'll be like, Hey man, it was a really tough tournament. Or, you know, we went zero and two, we didn't win any games. And I just try to reiterate to them that I traveled all over the place and O2 barbecue didn't play very well or went and just got my butt kicked. But, um, all those, they weren't really losses. All those lessons really helped me. And the times that I learned the most about the game and the most about myself was watching these other guys who were making it far into the tournament and getting into the semis and the finals. And all right, what is this guy doing? What's he eating? What's he drinking? What's he doing to get prepared uh, in between games? And I've never really been afraid to kind of get in there and ask these guys, um, you know, what was going on and how they've made it to where they are try to build a relationship with those guys. And another thing uh, to speak on your um, traveling and all that stuff. It's actually really tough. It's tough from, from two aspects, you know, physically, obviously it wears you down. It wears you down a little bit mentally to always be traveling um, every other week or whatever. Um, and then also it's more of an athlete driven sport where if you're in the MLS or you play baseball, uh, Major League Baseball, they have people who do all this stuff for you. They book all the flights for you. They probably carry their bags to the plane. You don't have to worry about any of this coordination and, you know, logistics and stuff. And uh, in volleyball, unless you've got a really nice girlfriend or mom, <laughs> um, you're, you're pretty much stuck doing it all on your own, which um, is tough. But it also, it helps, it helps mold you, helps make you, you know, smarter and figure out how to do stuff, you know, that maybe otherwise you would have never had to really do. I've learned a lot of travel tips, you know, uh, eating tips, staying healthy, just from traveling with different guys and being the person that always books the flight or the hotel or whatever it may be. So um, it, it definitely kind of gets you to stand on your own two feet being such an athlete driven sport. Like we have to pretty much take care of a lot of this stuff on our own. I mean, I'm at the point right now where I have a team that helps me, but when you're coming up, you know, you're, you're trying to figure out how you're getting to the tournament, where you're going to be sleeping, uh, like even just getting from 
hotel to venue and all this stuff, you know, it, it definitely is, it definitely is a lot of work um, because how does someone be a pro athlete and deal with all those responsibilities as well as, you know, the logistics on who you're playing with, signing it all up, getting flights, making sure your calendar is right. You're not double booking yourself, like stuff like that is, you know, all, a lot of lessons I did have to learn, but um, I think it's all for the, for the better, you know. What was the uh, financial side of it like when you first started? Like how, how difficult was it? Yeah, when I first started, it was pretty rough because I didn't really know what I was doing, working another job, trying to make it, trying to make it work. And then um, there's kind of like this middle period where you get pretty good in your own area and the purses are a couple thousand dollars and you're playing every weekend. And that's kind of the point where it's like a little steady. It's not making the, you know, you're not winning 10 grand in a tournament, but you know, it's pretty steady at that point. But then there comes a point where you got to make that next leap where you're going into the national scene and there's, there comes your next struggle, right? Because more travel, you're not really placing high in the tournaments. You got to figure out how you're going to make it all float. So uh, I remember when I moved to California, uh, super expensive to live there. I was, I would get up and train. We like to train in the mornings to beat the, you know, the early crowd, you know, regular people playing. Then I would coach from somewhere around 11 to two or so, go home, take a nap. And I was working at two bars too on the, on the pier in Hermosa. And one job I was a waiter. And then the other job, was a door guy and I would be at work till 2 a.m. So to make ends meet, I had to really try to try to just work as hard as I could. And uh, that's, that'll burn you out, you know, burn you out really quickly. But um, I got my, I got my feet wet out there, ended up learning a lot, um, figuring it out. You know, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't really, one thing I would say if anybody's listening who is trying to do something, that they're not sure how they're going to do it. I didn't really focus on the how as much as, you know, the why I wanted to do it and what my actual goal was, what I wanted to get done. I kind of take a leap of faith, know that it's going to be okay. And and then we'll go from there. I'm not saying just, you know, go to a tournament and not know where you're going to stay or yeah. move to California and not know what you're going to do. You know, you're going to have to have a plan. But if you can't see the actual ending, if you can't actually see that, you know, how it's going to actually work out for you, that's okay. You just got to get out there and get out there and, and start start where you are with what you have and yeah. have complete faith in yourself that, you know, it's going to work out. And the cool part was, is the journey was awesome. Like, yeah. you know, it, 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 you know, you get out and win tournaments and that's great. You may win a big tournament. Cool. But all that other stuff, getting up to that, leading to that point honestly don't miss that don't miss that you know stop and smell the roses a little bit because uh one day you won't be playing anymore you know so um yeah it's been a it's been a wild and crazy journey there's been times you know where you know i get somewhere and a flight gets canceled and you know we're not millionaires you know far from it so we're not just buying another flight right away so i've slept in airports i've had a flight canceled in new york city and had to go fly straight to the event and drive straight to the event from the airport and pass out on the park bench at the tournament for you know a few hours because I didn't have time to even go to my hotel like stuff like that where if you're a person where everything has to be so planned out to a t and if it doesn't work out then I'm, you know I'm gonna go crazy it's, it, 
maybe volleyball is not for you, you know, but I will say that I have a crap load of fun and uh, everything is always pretty much, pretty much worked out. So that's awesome, yeah. man. I mean, it's always cool to hear those, the, the untold stories as well yeah. of, of, you know, becoming, you know, an athlete and, you know, taking that journey and everything. Cause I can only imagine like getting within kind of the, and I'll say it and I guess I'll say it this way, but getting within that kind of circle that you're in now is, has always been something for me. I like, I'd love, I love to just pick, pick people's brains, get to know the people inside, you know, inside the, you know, the, we'll say higher circle or the, the, the more skilled athletes. And then same thing with indoor volleyball, same thing. Love to pick people's brains on things and just to see what you guys go through with training and, you know, how I can replicate that within my athletes, you know, and start to branch out and do other things. Um, what's been, what's been your, we'll say your, your goal with volleyball. And then have you thought about the transition after playing? Yeah. Um, so my goal, uh, with volleyball and pretty much all the sports I've played from the beginning, I don't know what it is, but I've always wanted to kind of break into something somebody like me isn't supposed to be doing. You know, I'm from Michigan. Not only am I a black beach volleyball player, a hockey player, whatever it is, which is, you know, not very common. Right. But I'm from a place where volleyball isn't as prominent. And so one of the things that really motivates me is when people are like, what you're going to do, what you're, you're not supposed to be doing that. You know, we're from Michigan. We play hockey, we play lacrosse, like we, you know, basketball, football, regular sports, but beach volleyball is not one of them. So as soon as somebody says something like that to me, I automatically want to, want to get in there, not just for myself, but so that the next person has a path to follow, you know, or can see someone like me doing it. And I don't mean just minorities, but, you know, anyone from, you know, Flint, Michigan, Chicago, um, wherever, somewhere that's not where it's not prominent. Um, So my goal is um, not only to get more, more minorities in the beach volleyball or volleyball period, but to just grow the sport in a way where somebody who is not supposed to technically be there gets that opportunity, you know, just see, I mean, if I hold a clinic in, I don't know, somewhere in North Carolina that, you know, volleyball isn't very prominent or Indiana or something like that. If I get one kid that's pretty interested in it, or maybe he doesn't even follow the volleyball path and he goes and plays lacrosse, um, then I've, I've accomplished my goal. So I just started a, a nonprofit uh, called Impact EMP, EMPACT. Um, and the EMP stands for empowerment and the ACT stands for action. So I want to empower people through my actions and get them moving in the right direction. Uh, it, it may not just be beach volleyball, but that was my path. So that's where I can start to bridge the gap with other people, try to get them involved. Um, so I just started that nonprofit and our goal is to not only, like I said, get more minorities, but just go to those places that volleyball isn't as well known. So I want to continue to do well in my craft to help people. And then afterwards, just continue, keep coaching. Uh, I do a lot of clinics. I just went to Texas and did a few clinics out there. And some of them are in weird areas. You know, it's not always just right in the city of Austin or 
San Antonio and just trying to get people, people more involved. Um, and then after I get done playing, I've already started doing a lot of public speaking. I do some keynote speaking for sponsors and different companies. And, um, and it's the same, same goal is to just uh, inspire people to do things that they either not sure they can do or someone's told them that they can't do it because you wouldn't believe how many people told me when I started that that ain't going to work. Even when I started getting pretty decent at volleyball, they're like, yeah, but those guys out in California, you know, yeah, it's true. They are really good. And that is where most of the best beach volleyball players come from. But somehow, some way I found myself out there playing and, you know, anybody else can, can do that too. So um, transformation is, is a big thing in, in my heart to be able to convey to the masses and just let them know like, yo, you can start out in Flint, Michigan and end up in Hermosa Beach, California. And it's really not that, that hard. I mean, it is, you know, it's going to take some, some guts. It's going to take a, um, you know, a few bumps and bruises along the way. You're going to get cut by some barbed wire, but um, if you want a thing, you know, you can definitely go out there and, and just put your mind to it, do the best you can. And, you know, I know, I know the mental, the mental side of everything is huge because I know trying to run my own business out here and coming here from like nothing and then trying to build it from there. And then, you know, you try and like you're saying, like influence the younger athletes coming up and that, that, that new wave of athletics coming through, whatever it is, you know, it's so hard to show them sometimes like it's possible regardless of what you're seeing, like yeah. you can do it. You just need to wrap your mind around it. I mean, I've yeah. heard, I had, um, I had a coaching friend say, you know, I've, and I started doing this very recently and it's helped me out a lot is started speaking things into existence and started saying things yeah. out loud to, um, start being able to accept and then process them, you know, whether it's something really difficult, something yeah. really fun. And it's, it's helped me so much become a better person where I can actually, like I've had a couple big, big things happen personally, but yeah. like driving in the car, like going to and from, you know, training or uh, practice and you kind of go, you know, this happened Just say it out loud. And uh, I'm kind of like, yes, it happened. And I am yeah. still going. And so yeah. that's been so huge, you know, for me is to start applying those little things and then show my athletes. hundred so percent, man. That, that's when my, my volleyball career completely changed. When I, when I started doing exactly what you're saying, first I started out by meditating. Then I learned about the law of attraction and law of attraction is great, but uh, the power and the force behind that is actually having that feeling of the goal desired. So some people can write things down and say them to themselves and nothing happens. It doesn't work. And they're like, well, this doesn't work. But if you can say things to yourself and meditate on them with the feeling of uh, the desired goal already accomplished, that's the key right there. That's the key to having uh, the, the manifestation process get moving, right? Um, just being able to sit down for 10, 15 minutes or maybe five minutes if you're just starting out and just like create that feeling of, winning a championship or create that feeling of having the dream car that you always wanted or dream house or whatever it may be. 
if you can create that feeling in your body ahead of time and in your in, in your presence, be conscious in that conscious in that presence ahead of time, that's when the law of attraction really starts to really starts to uh, kick in gear. Uh, my my whole I mean I've always been athletic. I've always been able to jump and um, move around pretty well, but when I started doing that, you know, it helped me believe that I could get out there and compete with the best players in the world and completely, completely change my game. Don't get me wrong. You can't just sit on the couch and have a feeling and everything's just going to fall in your lap. But um, uh, it definitely, it definitely gets you moving in the right direction for sure. And gets the, gets the ball moving. Yeah. I know I had, I think the easiest, uh, one of the first few times I ever like noticed that something like this was happening was, um, every time I'd get into a gym where I was doing lessons at the time, they'd have a basketball hoop at one side and then a volleyball court, full volleyball court on the other. And I'd look and, you know, there were days that that 10 foot rim was like, man, that looks tall. And <laughs> days that like that 10, oh, man, that 10 foot, that, it looked like it got a little bit shorter. And then you look again and you're like, ah, nah, nah, I'm, I'm not going to go try to grab it today. And then the other days you're like, Damn, that looks like it's like nine five, nine foot. Let's just go crush it. And yeah. that's when I started realizing, like, it's all how I pictured that ten foot rim. Yeah, it's your perspective on it. It's yeah. always pretty much your attitude towards it and your perspective on anything you're doing. Yeah. And that was that was that was huge for me. I mean, and that happened at like twenty six, twenty seven. You know, I'm thirty now, yeah. and it was big. Um, it came with moving down here. It came with a lot of self-learning i mean and i think that's a huge non-highlighted aspect when we when athletes do talks like this especially with media and other things is they don't i don't think they 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 pull all the stats in the world but they don't pull the mental thought process of the everyday athlete yeah and that's where so many battles are won and lost and it's not the, it's not the championships. It's not you know raising you know a purse. It's nothing. It's just solely, I did I did really well today, and this is what happened. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, it's it's all your like I said, it's all how you're gonna put things into perspective, and also like you were saying, like looking at the rim or the net on different days and some days it seems high some days it seems low and there's days for baseball players say the ball seemed like it was this big you know and that's that's all that's all being in different states the mind you can be in a lot of different states and one of the keys are for someone who uh, is a high level athlete is trying to catch what state you're in so sometimes you can talk yourself right out of things and the best know how to catch themselves and say, well, that's not the mindset that a champion has, or that's not the mindset that a winner has. Um, and so that's been a lot of people don't realize how much we're thinking and how many negative thoughts we have. You can do all the meditation and all the work you want to do, but if you don't have a real clear idea of, it doesn't mean that you're not going to have those negative thoughts, but if you don't have a clear idea of what's going on in your head and what kind of thoughts uh, you're producing, then you don't know how to 
how to check it. You don't know how to fix it. You don't know how to have, how to catch that bad thought and replace it with the thought that you need. Right. So you may be a person that does affirmations and you may be a person that has positive thinking, but there's a lot of other thoughts that are swirling around from day to day. And if you're not able to catch those bad ones and kind of, you know, push them to the side and create a new thought that you want, then it's kind of like this game of push pull where you're moving along the spectrum back and forth and you don't have much consistency. Some days the rim feels high, some day the rim feels low, but you got to be able to kind of realize on the days that, you know, you have that, that thought of, you know, a defeatist type mentality or attitude. And it, it happens to everybody. Um, but I feel like the best guys kind of are able to flip that switch, the Michael Jordans and yeah. those guys, you know, to have that ultimate, ultimate confidence all the time. It's, it's tough. It's not easy, man. It's, it's really actually a, it's a practiced thing. It's not something that, that it just, Oh, this guy just was good because he jumps high and he's fast. And a lot of people jump high. I hear that all the time. People, Oh, look, if I could jump that high, I'm like, whatever, dude, you might have better hands than me or something or whatever it may be like, at, you know, at that level, like that's not what makes or break people. The mind is the most powerful tool you have. Don't sell yourself short. You know, everybody's got something to bring to the table. Everybody has something, you know, that they do well, a gift that they can bring to their game. And I, and I suggest that instead of focusing on what somebody else has, which is what a lot of the guys, and and it's not even, I can't even tell them because they're, they don't even know that they don't know. Right. They don't even know that they don't know this, but it's not the jumping. It's not the athletic ability. It's like Todd Rogers was never the most athletic player ever. But I know a guy named Dana Camacho who is probably the most athletic beach volleyball player. I, I mean, like his hand-eye coordination was insane. But Todd Rogers won a gold medal. You know, like it, it, like I feel like the mind is probably the most important part, and then using whatever gifts you have to bring to the table instead of worrying about, well, I don't jump that high, and these guys jump high, or you know, I'm not that tall. If I would have went into it with the aspect of I need to be tall, I'm six two. And there's no, I don't know any other blockers that are at my level that are six two. It, it's funny because I look online and someone be like, "Oh, who's who's the best tall or short blocker or short AVP player?" And my name's not even on the list because they automatically assume that I'm six four or six five, and I'm not. I'm six two. And if I would have had that defeatist mentality of, um, well you know, these guys are all tall, so I can't go play like, no, nah, man, I'm gonna go do what I can with what I have and figure out how to use the tools that I bring to the table, because you ain't going to get another set. <laughs> it's all you got, you know, what's your, um, I know we, I know we talked about a little bit with, um, meditating, but what's your mental prep before matches and before tournaments? So, um, there's a lot of them uh, and it all kind of depends on, I try to, like I said, check my state and see what state I'm in. Um, and YouTube has been huge on guided meditations for me. I do sleep hypnosis. I do uh, guided uh, meditations. Sometimes they're uh, sports related. Sometimes they're just confidence related. Sometimes they, um, I mean, I go into stuff with uh, like, 
chakras and solar plexus really uh, get your get your energy moving in your body. So it's all I, I I've been doing an array of different meditations and I do a, a guided meditation before the tournament uh, the day of and uh, Wim Hof breathing exercises um, not only to get that blood flow in, but to open up the lungs and diaphragm and all that stuff. And when I, I mean, when I really started getting into it, I started seeing better results right away. Um, takes away the anxiety and stress by 15, 20, 25% sometimes. Um, and it just puts you in a, it's not going to do the work for you, but it puts you in a position to catch that flow that you, that you really need to be able to put all the pieces together without trying, you know, um, there's this book, uh, that I really love. It's called power versus force. And a lot of people are trying to use, uh, force versus just using the power that they have. You can't really force a lot of things uh, to happen because then you're going to try too hard. There's a lot of people I see out there that are just trying too hard, but power is something that, you don't really have to try. You don't really have to go overboard or do anything crazy. You did the drills, you did the exercises, you did all this stuff. You do this every day. So just rely on your power to be able to, to do these things. So there's a lot of different mental prep that I do that, that goes into, uh, goes into playing. Um, and I would say it definitely helps out a lot. It gets me to just not trying to control too much, you know, force it. I'm not trying to control any of this stuff. I'm going to let the game come to me. I'm going to let my practice and my dedication to the sport speak for itself. Um, and it's definitely helped me out a lot. I mean, I, I mean, I do it all the time. I, I'm, I'm off, on my flight here. I had two, two legs, both legs. One, I did a breathing exercise. The other one, I did a guided meditation. Um, and then I do a lot of like, um, binaural beats. I'll play them in the house or on my headphones when I'm going to bed, there's always something kind of to be, to be doing it um, from, from that front, wake up, just do a breathing exercise. I mean, I feel a lot better when I'm doing it than when I don't, I, there's a, there's a big, there's a big difference. And also there's just the emotional drain of, you know, like you said, uh, there's a lot of people who you said it's hard to get into the volleyball mm -hmm. circle and all that stuff where, you know, it's tough from an athlete's perspective, just because there's a lot of people pulling you in different directions. There's a lot of spon there's sponsors, there's emails you're getting every day. There's people walking up to you at tournaments. There's people saying crazy stuff to you at tournaments just because it's so intimate. Um, and to be able to deal with all that, something that really helped me is, is the meditation and just really only focusing on the one thing that I can control at the time, which is my breathing, you know, yeah. um, trying to catch those good thoughts, a good vibration. So that's really honestly helped me out a lot. And at a young age, I think we should be really trying to push more athletes and even not just any aspect of what people are trying to accomplish in their life, pushing more 
more self-awareness, more consciousness, more, more meditation. And it's not like a religious thing. A lot of people think it's, it's not, I mean, it's more like a practice. It's an, and it's a very healthy practice. Breathing is the most fundamental, you know, force you can, you can have, I mean, you know, I, I think it's, it's, it's huge just to sit down and just, even if you can just take four or five deep breaths before you walk into a meeting or do a podcast with Anthony or something, you know, like, uh, See, that's really a big thing, man. I, I yeah. to be able to feel your body move in certain ways and to be able to understand how your body moves. And I mean, that's what strength and conditioning has done for me. So, I mean, I yeah. completely understand the whole breathing aspect and, you know, really expanding your diaphragm and understanding how to use everything in different ways, you know, some for force and some for, you know, relaxation. And it's amazing yeah. how your body can double and triple its value depending on how you use it. Yeah, I used to cramp all the time and I worked out, you know, I, I was young, I was in good shape. I, you know, like couldn't figure out why the heck am I cramping all the time? I've been drinking water. I did everything right, but I found out I wasn't breathing on the court the way I should. I didn't get deep belly breaths that moved up into my lungs and my diaphragm and expand my rib cage. So my body was always in. Uh, the fight or flight mode. But when I figured out how to start, when I started doing breathing exercises, I figured out how to take that onto the court. And so now I don't cramp anymore. And even if I do get to the point of physical exhaustion, the breathing exercises that I did help those cramps go away for one, two, three points. It may come back, but then I can do it again. And, and, it really, I mean, if had I not learned how to do the breathing exercises and really pay attention to my breathing outside of volleyball, never would, would have translated onto the, to the court. So, I mean, I owe a lot of my, what I've been able to do on the volleyball court to, to that, that outside work. I mean, and honestly, if you're not right mentally, emotionally, you won't even be able to go work out. You know, like I said, you won't get the, the met, the best out of your workouts out of your gym sessions and training if if you if you can't uh really breathe correctly it's probably the most most important part madison mckibben that has a whole youtube mm -hmm. video if you want to see that about when he won uh with uh ty loomis about breathing and that's another thing loomis and i have sit down we talk about this sort of stuff all the time but um it's 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 huge i'm gonna have to I'll have to go watch that after this. Um, but because I mean, I've, I've been following them too. I mean, I've just been, I've been trying to, I've been trying to use this platform right here just as a big connection point with people. And yeah. just, a, just a complete understanding because I have learned an insurmountable amount of information just from this, like just from talking to people. I mean, this is, I think, episode like 55 I've done so far really? since last March, I want to say. So it's That's been, pretty dope, man. Congratulations. Yeah. Well, thank, thank you. Thank you. This is awesome. Well, I appreciate it. I mean, and the thing is, like, this hasn't gotten big yet for me. I mean, at least from where I want it to be. And, you know, it's just been one of those things, man, when I've gotten, um, I start bringing on more professional athletes like yourself. And um, I got to talk to Reed Pretty. Um, yeah. a while ago, which for me was like, as a kid, that was the guy I looked up to. And then, you know, getting to talk to collegiate volleyball coaches, strength coaches, and, you know, you get to learn just 
so many things that you would more or less probably have to spend thousands and thousands of dollars on just to go travel there and yeah. then have to stay and then, you know, buy almost buy their time. Yeah. Which is why, you know, to have somebody, you know, like, you know, you take time out of your schedule. Like you say, you just got off a flight, you just got home. And to do that is, that's why I'm always so grateful to people whenever they, they come on. Because a lot of times it's at an odd hour and it's not a normal, oh yeah, we'll do this at six o'clock or we'll do it at lunchtime and everyone's got an hour. We got plenty of time to spare. It's yeah. you know, like between three and five, Monday, Wednesday, or Friday, or it's like <laughs> seven o'clock on Sunday nights where we do, we, we have another segment we do called Coach's Corner. And, you know, it's, it's just so, uh, easiest way to put it is it's so beautiful to see it happen. So, yeah. I mean, my, my last question for you is, um, I've got two. One is what's been your favorite moment so far throughout your whole athletic career, not even just volleyball. And then what advice to kind of like send off this, uh, what advice would you give to those athletes looking to pursue, like you said, looking to pursue athletic possibilities in sports that, you know, people say, Oh, why are you playing that here? Normally we do this. Yeah. Um, what was the first one again? Um, what was your favorite moment so far throughout your athletic journey? Oh, yeah. Um, man, I would have to say probably the first time I qualified for the AVP was in 2015. And the first part of the year I played the NVL, uh, which I had been playing for years. But something told me, I think it's time to just go see. Because if I didn't qualify – I could go right back to the NBL because we had contracts. But if I qualified, then I would have to stick with the AVP. And it was realistically my first time trying to qualify. Um, and it was the first year they had the free scoring. And made it to the final round to get in. And we were down 10-14 in the third set. Uh, Dylan Mark and I. Uh, sorry, we were down 10-14, 10-14 in the third set. And I, I didn't think it was going to be able to, to come true, but the, here comes the free scoring. And somehow we uh, made it in there and made some plays and got right in the draw. It was my first one ever. And I just, so much emotion just that I didn't even know I had yeah. from all the years of wanting to play the AVP and trying to, trying to make that dream become a reality just started coming out, you know, and I just kind of fell down and like, it was like, yeah, not like a, I made it cause I still have a lot of work to do, you know, but it was like a, you know, this is, this is like what I've been training for. This is what I've, I've been wanting doing all this hard work for. And that would probably be my, probably my favorite moment, either that or maybe winning the mother load. Cause I was always one that I really wanted to, to do well in. And I played several times out in Aspen at the mother load and never really had a good finish. And then uh, a few years back, uh, Casey Jennings and I uh, teamed up and ended up taking that one down. So that was probably, that was probably up there with the top, top moments in my, uh, in my career. Yeah. And uh, the last question was, what advice do I have to people trying to break in a volleyball or a or just any sport? Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, a tip that Reed Pretty gave me actually is uh, focus on what you can control. Um, there was a point where, you know, I always felt like I got a different vibe on the court than most of the guys. And so then you get treated a little bit differently. But one time I was playing Reed and I got upset about a call or something. And he's like, yo, you can ball, dude. You can ball. Like there's obviously you got game. Um, but if you just focus on playing volleyball and just focus on what you can control, there's going to be stuff that happens that is out of your control. You can't control the ref, the weather, what ball you use or your partner or what the fans are saying, the other team or any of that, all you can control is you. And that was another point in my life where my game took another leap. Um, and it was funny that that happened because one of my other favorite moments is beating Reed and Ricardo in San Francisco, but it was literally a few weeks or so after he gave me that tip. And then I did a bunch of research on how to focus on what you can control and breathing was the number one tip they had. Um, just focusing on breath, breath control during play uh, is one of the only things you really can control. Uh, so focusing on what I on, focusing on what I can control is probably the biggest, uh, the biggest tip I would have to tell him because there's going to be, so many things going on as a young athlete, coaches, other parents, your own parents can be a detriment to your success. Um, you know, just all the things we dealt with growing up as kids, you know, trying to figure out young relationships and, you know, just little things that we thought at the time were big in our lives that now we look back and laugh on. Um, if you can't control it, no sense in giving it too much energy, spend energy, uh, major energy on major things and minor energy on minor things, stuff you can't control all the time. So um, that's really what helped me the most. And honestly, it's still a lot of work to be done in that aspect for myself. But I've, I've not only noticed the growth in that area uh, myself, but other people come up to me and are like, hey, man, from when I saw you five, six years ago, you know, your game's gotten good, but your attitude is night and day. So um, that would probably be my biggest thing. Yeah. Just focus on you. Don't worry about anything else. It'll all work itself out. Okay. Well, um, I'm just going to ask you to hang around after, uh, after we cut this out just for a minute or two if you got time. Um, yeah. But for everyone out there watching um, – we will see everybody on Sunday uh, for Coach's Corner. And thank you again, sir. I really do appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, man. I know I've got a whole page of notes right here already. All right. So, um, but thanks to everybody watching, and we'll see you later. Yeah.